are Tinker Toys. I'm talking about the central nervous system. Yo, hi, this is Bob Muir. And this is Mr. The Bandit. And this is the Bob Muir and the Enemy Below podcast. The Enemy Below is not available tonight, so we're just going to have to go with uh, myself and Mr. The Bandit. How have you been? You've been... Uh, with, you I, know, I have been good. I have been surviving uh, here. and uh, You got some, rained on uh, You got uh, rained more, on sufficiently. Wait, I was going to say more like rainy Florida. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all's well. And instead of the enemy below, you're getting the enemy just a notch below her. <laughs> Which was your original choice for a name, and we just both of us said... But then I know. realized it just sounded like blower. Yeah. Which could be either dirty or I could be, you know, yeah. a, a yard man. Yeah. Uh, just either way, it's just nah, 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 nah. It's just not going to work. So anyway, um, I noticed that. Uh, let's see, uh, we've come to the end, as it were, of the summer movie season. Um, several disappointments. Several uh, apparently, Star Trek didn't do as, as well as they wanted it to do, uh, or they're hoping. That was one of the ones that I took away with. Um, but uh, we'll see how it does when you know when it gets the Blu-ray and you know that that kind of thing. It could very well you know. It, the Star Trek audience could be getting to the point where we don't like to get out much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course not. That you know, what's the point of having uh, you know a podcast about uh, you know uh, pop culture, yeah, uh, current pop culture, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know, then they expect you to actually go embrace s- and engage and uh, actively view, listen. Watch, read that pop culture. I mean, I don't know it's, what people it's so expect. Unfair. It's so unfair. It's so yeah. it's so unfair. I mean, for God's sakes, people. Yeah, I mean, come on, come on. So, um, anyway, I I think is um, like like the Wonder Woman is coming up. Is that is that coming or is that going to be next year? I'm That's just, uh, next year. All right, I've followed seen, by Justice League. All right, I've seen I've seen the I've seen the uh, I like the uh, I like you know I like the preview. I like that the trailer. That's that seems to be. Pr- I do too, actually. In fact, in a lot of it, I, you know, she was probably. It's kind of like uh, is going to be very un PC, but it's like the world's tallest little person. Okay, I'm trying to come up with something more politically correct, but I just mean yeah. saying that she's the best part of Batman v Superman is in it's, high praise, but but uh, she was. <laughs> Yes, and although she didn't do much, so she didn't have, you know, I mean, she was the winner by default. It's just she got to do, like, the cool stances and was, like, a badass, and then she had a little smirk on her face, uh, like she was actually enjoying herself. Unlike, unlike both the, the Superman or... looked like they were getting some sort of uh, colonoscopy. Yes, oh, please don't talk about that. I have, I, I, well, I went to the doctor and I would say, you need another one. What do you mean I need another one? He goes, no, no, this is just for my own personal... <laughs> I just my own personal pleasure. I just like to good. Do that. Yes, which is of course the thing is I was thinking about the proctologist. I mean, when everyone else says that they work with assholes all day long, these guys really actually do work <laughs> with assholes all day long. I mean, I gotta I wonder. You know, I gotta like. Okay, I'm sorry. You know, you just gotta go into internal medicine. But you know, like, is there a is there a is there is it like is it like the hat in Harry Potter where they no oh, you're a proctologist. Uh, it's, because I just can't imagine anyone. Uh, I think Kramer. What didn't, didn't he get his uh, license plate mixed up with a uh, proctologist? He I, went by Ass Man. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so I just, I just can't imagine. You know, like I don't know. But fortunately, they're there. 
Uh, so I have I was just that was the cheerful note from my uh, doctor when I went to go see see her recently. Well, uh, that's, yeah, it, it could be worse though. I and mean, there's nothing worse than if you go to the doctor and they're just kind of reviewing your file to go, oh. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to have that. And there's just kind of this pause, yeah. as if they've never seen anything like it. Oh, dear. That's not good. <laughs> In the words of Gene Wilder and Blazing Saddles, ah, yes. oh, dearie, dear. Oh, dearie, dear, yes. Ah, uh, well, we'll get back. To, we'll get to him in a bit, I think, because he, his passage. He's not go. going anywhere. His, yeah, true, true. His passage. He's not going anywhere. Uh, I noticed that Ben Hur didn't quite do as well as they were hoping, though. Yeah. Along with the BFG, I always want to say the big fucking giant. Yeah, but BFG. Along with the big friendly giant, yeah. has been the two costliest flops of the summer. Yeah, well, I, I, the big friendly giant is just like first of all, everyone went, huh? Uh, I mean, it's it's a quirky Raoul Dahl book, and I. You know I, what I think would have done it better is that in the same way that I think they've realized that Jim Carrey is the Grinch and. Uh, Oh, like my, my, the cat in the hat. Yes. Fucking creepy. Kill it! Kill it with fire! Sorry, every time I ever so think of Mike... Do, every time I think of Mike Myers in the, in, as the cat in the hat, that just phrase just comes out. Well, that's it. And, and I think what they're going to do is is uh, probably it seems like their plan is to make CGI animated versions of those, which I mm-hmm. think years or who uh, was, was considerably better. No, they already did one of those. Also, yeah, Jim yeah. Carrey and Steve Carell. But I just mean... If they do CGI versions, that seems like it's more palatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I think probably the same could be said uh, probably of uh, the BFG. Just at this point, I don't know if there's a market for it, but I, uh, certainly if you were going to hit that kid market, not to mention seeing Mark Rylance with the weird, like it's his face with that long neck and bot. <laughs> I, I get what they're going for, but it's fucking creepy. I mean, the reason that uh, you know, the original Willy Wonka, I think, did well was that he did not look like the hand-drawn characters in the book. Right. And which, he... which is great when you're seeing an illustration, but, you know, it's a very niche audience, and I'm not saying I wouldn't be part of that niche, but I'm also not, you know, investing $200 million to make it. Yeah, it just it just kind of didn't, you know, it just, it just sort of, like, missed... You know, it it was too you know it's too much money for a kids' film. I mean, it really was. I think that was part of the thing. It's just too much money for a kids' film that doesn't have any like built-in. Hey, to say this doesn't have any built-in, you know, audience to it. I mean, it's just how many people have read this book? I mean, and well, I think that Spielberg though is hitting that same phase that uh, well he has for a while. I, I I know I've said this probably before, but contended that kind of like Lucas when he was doing his prequels, but mm-hmm. uh, and there's certain folk when they get to a certain caliber you know a lot of people always think that directors they as they get older they seem to fall off but i don't think it's that they fall off they just they don't have the same lust you know that same desire and the same like you know the the need mm-hmm. uh on top of which you also have this sense where they have become so powerful that no one uh, will tell them no mm. yeah you know what i mean like like uh, when you look at i'll give you a perfect example I still contend AI would have been a masterwork if it would have ended with uh, the little uh, boy at the bottom of the ocean, kind of like Pinocchio, mm-hmm. you know, with his little Jiminy Cricket teddy bear staring at the blue fairy for eternity, yeah, wishing to be a real boy. Right. 
and granted that would be depressing, but I just think that would be instead you get like another twenty minutes of yeah. stuff. And I yeah. and all of Spielberg's films recently feel like they're you know, have these add ons of twenty to thirty minutes of padding that just almost destroy the film. And it's yeah. like uh no one has the no one, he's so powerful that he doesn't have an equal to come up to him and go, eh, not so much. Not so much. I mean, to it's interesting because uh, his idol, Akira Kurosawa, would, when he was doing, at least when he was doing this, he, of course, would abide nobody back talking to him when he was directing the film. But uh, when he was actually writing the film, he always wanted co-writers in there because he wanted people to say, no, 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 people wouldn't do that. Or people wouldn't say things like that, and just sort of like to try to balance it out because say one person's view isn't enough, you know, when you're putting together a movie on that. So, I mean, it's a you know, it's there is that you know, a, a director in the United States is you know, a director of movie in the United States is like you know, like kind of like a general of an army, and you know, no one's going to like talk to him, uh, except very rarely, you know, if you're Marlon Brando, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> It was, it was yeah, well, that's true. I mean, I guess, um, I yeah, although, you know, <laughs> well, then again, Brando just got to his phase. In fact, I think Brando would test his directors out mm-hmm. by offering to do something just completely nutty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, and if they didn't fight him on it, he then would just be like, fuck it and just do whatever he wanted. Yeah. Yeah, which is very much, yeah, very much his... Uh... <laughs> Well, I mean, I think, and also, you know, it was funny that I, I was just listening to, uh, oh, what was it? Of all things, it was, uh, I think it was called But Enough About Me. It was the autobiography of uh, Burt Reynolds. It's read by Burt Reynolds. Okay. Which uh, was actually pretty fun and amusing. You know, Burt is one of those people that, you know, it's, I, I'm certainly not in the camp that thinks that he is always stellar and, you know, from all the accounts I've read, could be an asshole, but mm-hmm. I I do love him, especially in his heyday, and mm-hmm. his, uh, he had just a shit ton of charisma. Mm-hmm. And I'd forgotten how much, as a young man, before the mustache, how much he looked like Brando to the point where, I didn't realize this, I guess he had done a Twilight Zone episode where essentially he was playing a Brando-esque method actor. Mm. Like, I mean, literally playing, essentially, Brando in Streetcar that okay. You know, but playing him kind of like an asshole, which I think Brando never really forgave. <laughs> However, <laughs> okay. what I was going to say, um, oh shit, where was I going with this? Um, directors Brando. Oh yes, and uh, the so with, uh, with uh, Brando though, it, he said that Brando's talent came to him so easily that you know that he almost was embarrassed by acting. That he saw it as you know what a child can do. Mm-hmm. You know, and that it almost that and and also part of what, what made him such a great actor was being so indulgent and being able to tap into that. But the childlike qualities also made him bored with it and made him almost petulant. And also, you know, things like not having self restraint either in roles or in appetite. <laughs> yes, yes. So it's just kind of an interesting take on it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, no, I, it is an interesting take. It is. It is a. Um... Uh, I mean, there was a a sense actually this, to go to somebody else in another 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 art form, but an interesting you know. But uh, for example, Mozart, everything everything in Mozart writes always sounds completely effortless. It's like this, the next note had to be there. That was you know, there's nothing too many notes. Yeah, too many notes as as a. But 
uh, it's he actually was toward particularly toward the end. He was actually kind of explaining, no, 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 this actually takes work on my part. Although he did actually say at one point that I composed the way a cow pisses. Uh, you know, which uh, is basically. Well, I mean, that's uh, if it's a very musical cow. Yeah, it's a musical cow. But he he was um, he it's was the title of my next opera, by the way. Yeah, he was a he was actually rather stung by the fact the idea that you know that he was such such a natural genius at this that he didn't have to work at it, and he's like, well, no, actually, kind of like you know, some of it is is a little bit you know he doesn't he did, but it was just again because everything just flows so naturally with Mozart that. You, you can't get the idea that he ever actually went back over a note and said, no, that's not right. Uh, so anyway, but that's like, that's, I think also with Brando, that's the kind of thing you can get bored. If it comes so easily to you, you can get very bored with it. I occasionally, um, I was actually, it was a weird work conversation. And somebody said, do, do you ever get tired of actually just people staring at you, not understanding what you're saying? Um, and what do you mean? He says, well, you know, you, the things you talk about, none of us are under, you know, like, you know, you, you start talking about quantum physics and everyone just like blinks at you. And he says, come on, a child could understand this shit. You know, that's, this is my, you know, my, my well, I, mean, I think that's true, though. But I mean, I think that it comes down to it's like, look, it's kind of like even with uh, sports. Like, I mean, I can understand sports, but mm-hmm. never the way that my friends do, because if it's something that just. It's a, it's, I think it's a combination of two things. You have to have a love for it, mm-hmm. and then there is just, if you love it, and that just is your, uh, you've got a knack for it, yeah. then then it's going to be what it is, and, and it's just yeah. going to come naturally, and it's not, it doesn't take effort. I mean, I think for Mozart, it was the language that he spoke. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it wasn't anything of a challenge or anything that seemed odd or unusual to him. Because it just was who he is. Yeah. So. So that was so. Anyway, that was uh, <laughs> it was a long yeah, that was that a was long a talk. Bit, uh, a little NPR ten. probably for this podcast. A little too NPR. We'll just actually have to. Uh, we'll have to lower the. We'll have to I, lower the tone of discourse. I Fuck will, shit, I, I piss. Will, okay, there I, we go. We're good. <laughs> I will do that right now by saying uh, breaking news. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mister Sinister. Yes. Has been revealed as being the. Lead villain in Wolverine. Ah, okay. Well, apparently that didn't go over very well. No Mr. Sinister. All right, what else do I got? Well, I just, I forget who Mr. Sinister... I don't even know either, but I guess at the end of Apocalypse, they had it where he he was collecting something that was going to, you know, uh, like uh, samples of all of the uh, X-Men. Okay. And somehow it's going to, you know, because I, I guess this one in some ways is taking on elements of the old man Logan storyline. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they're going to do that exactly because clearly they don't have uh, uh, Ben Grimm and they won't have the Hulk. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not sure exactly <laughs> how they're doing although, any of I mean, it. I, they, they will. And I think instead of having, um, I'll say, Hawkeye being his uh, side companion, I think they're going to have like the last of. Uh, Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. as well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. So I, I, I'm not sure exactly how to play into it, but now since you put me on the spot, I will have to <laughs> no, I who Mr. Sinister it. is. No, Mr. Sinister. I mean, it's a fictional character, a supervillain appearing in American comics, published by Marvel Comics. The character first appeared in Uncanny X-Men 221 and was created by writer Chris Claremont. Wow, is that just coming straight out of your brain? No wonder uh, people don't understand that's, you. That's Wikipedia. The ever-accurate Wikipedia. So, it has its moments. It does, it does. I mean, 
So, um, anyway, that's uh, there is actually a bit of movie news I have. Uh, is that in October, uh, the October the most recent Godzilla film, which opened in um, which opened in Japan over the over the summer, uh, which has the English title Godzilla Resurgence, will be opening in America. The uh, Man in a Suit Godzilla. Uh, it's an interesting. The film seems to be something of a pro. There's some buzz or some controversy that it was far far too pro Japanese military military and militarism, and that's that sort of like that's a that's an echo that people get uncomfortable with, uh, seeing as uh, the unpleasant unpleasantness that was um, some years ago. Uh, so we'll see how this goes, but I am, of course, going to go see it because it's Godzilla and it's a man in a suit. So we'll, well that's see. Part of it. I mean, the charm of it. What looks interesting is seeing just the um, yeah uh, to, to see it going back to I, you know I, I think that's about the only way you can do it until they do this Godzilla versus King Kong. But I mm-hmm. mean, the charm of um, seeing them do quasi man in suit while utilizing the uh, you know, modern special effects. Yeah, which is basically what they're doing here. It's, um, I don't know. We'll see. It's, uh, you know, we'll see. They've, it's been, that's been hit or miss with Godzilla. They've tried that a little bit after uh, the three Gamera films in the '90s, which or still remain like the best kaiju films I ever saw. Uh, the three Gamera films of the '90s. They just combined the suit, the practical effects with with enough, just enough CGI to add to it. So. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, it's October 11th. Well, I'm still looking forward. Did you see? You, you saw the uh, trailer for Kong uh, Skull Island. Kong, Skull Island. Looking forward to that. That's you know. This, these are. I like. I, I I like me giant monsters. You know, like you know. Saw. Nah, not so much. Give me a huge lizard crushing thousands. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, I just kind of like the fact that they're setting it in the 70s. It kind of looks like if uh, if King Kong invaded Apocalypse Now. Speaking of brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would be that's interesting, yeah. That hitting onto uh, Kong Island in the seventies again because it's like, well, it wouldn't make sense, you know. We we could actually accept that maybe in the seventies they would have missed an enormous huge ape, whereas now in you know two thousand the twenty first century, no nah, shit, that would have been on Google Maps for God's sakes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of. I mean, I think that's part of the reason they had to do that. Although I'm curious to see because they said Godzilla in the mm-hmm. present, right. You know, by kind of addressing that as if it had been like a lot of the uh, nuclear testing had been to cover up the original attacks, right? Or actually trying to kill it, which was like the oh, best well, line. Sort of, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, six and one, <laughs> probably more accurate. Uh, but I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that I, then I wonder how they're going to then link it mm-hmm. together. I, you know, I don't know, but that's why screenwriters get a lot of money. True. Uh, sometimes, True. sometimes <laughs> they're overpaid. Sometimes they're overpaid. Uh, so anyway, I a I really haven't kept track of the TV shows coming up. Although I do see that apparently Agents of Shield will have Ghost the uh, will have Ghost Rider in it actually. But this Ghost Rider actually drives a car. So uh, yeah, well, I guess that's the new iteration of him. Yeah, I guess that's the newest iteration of him. But still, you know, like dude, a car, really. You know, even if even it's a muscle car. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Well, what I'm interested about because I saw the car going by with the flames on the wheels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, it looked okay. You know, I mean, they've got you know the cheap enough CGI that they can. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't mean like. I, let me rephrase. I don't mean Agents of Shield, but I just mean CGI flames and that. It's not going to look 
yeah. you know, a uh, uh, thousand percent in, you know, like a hundred million dollar film. I just mean it looks fine. Yeah, but I, looks we haven't seen what he's going to look like with the skull. And I, I thought in the comic, it almost looked like in the comic of this new iteration, it was almost like he had a mask on. Uh-huh. Or, or, or I don't know. I'll have to take a look. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure what he looks like. And also, it, it just, I get it, but mm-hmm. it still doesn't have the same effect as there. I mean, something about, like, it was all right seeing Sam Elliott or, you know, seeing as like a long rider, yeah. you know, skeletal horse. But something right. about being on a old school chopper mm-hmm. with that big flaming skull is coming at you. If it's covered by the window, I get it's cheaper. Yep. <laughs> It doesn't have the same. It doesn't have the same. You know, I mean, it's it. Neither of those two films were particularly good, or even in the neighborhood of good. But those effect. You know, when he was Ghost Rider on the cycle, it was you know like yeah, that's right, that's how it works. You know, although I was upset because he didn't keep the chopper in the second film. The second film, he got some sort of European looking. You know, look, European look, Gratz Rock. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I think that you can. I mean, that's kind of what I liked about seeing even you know Sam Elliott doing the whole horse. Yeah thingamajigger just because it's it, it, it was, it, but he was still exposed you mm-hmm. know what I mean like it was still a person or you know mm-hmm. visage of a former person looking <laughs> you know uh, uh, like they have been decomposed by the burning flames of truth or hell or whatever to you know I mean that, that just is more shocking Yeah, that, that it just really everything else on there uh, just doesn't seem to hold the same Sway. You know, I mean, if you can't mm-hmm. face, or the skull in this case, what are we doing here? Yeah. All right. Well, then, um, I guess oh, we can. Oh, I know. Fuck it. I'm sure it'll be yeah. great. No, yeah, it'll be wonderful. It'll be great. I mean, they're, you know, like, so I, I don't even know what happened to The Flash, so I just, I completely lost track of that series. I don't know. So um, maybe I'll try to, maybe, maybe I'll just you know, binge watch the second season or something like that at some point. Um, actually, you know what? It, th- that show, I will say, and I, I just read an article on it, I will say that show has gotten better. Mm-hmm. In time, yeah. uh, but also it was, someone made a good point of saying if you want to see a good iteration of the X Men, then mm-hmm. watch that show. Just I guess the birth of the uh, Inhumans, you know, which uh-huh. is your answer to Fox having the yeah. right to X Men. Yeah. Having said that, um, I don't know if I would quite say that, but I, I think a lot of the things that they've done in X Men and done well in the films mm-hmm. works better on in a serial form. Yeah, right. you can't do the same effects. But I just mean the movies themselves have tried to be that same kind of serial nature mm-hmm. of continuing episodes telling this kind of longer, drawn-out saga. The problem is that they don't want to give up the rights, so there isn't really any set end date. So it's just kind of this hodgepodge of, well, this uh, kind of this connective tissue works here and some of this here and uh, maybe we shape this and do that. So there's not really a through line, you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. kind of a... Um, we're kind of, kind of, you know, kind of retroactively make it all fit together. But who gives a shit as long as we don't give up the rights? Right. Gotcha. Speaking of, uh, however, we also have to say we just passed. We had we passed the it was the 50th anniversary of Star Trek's uh, uh, first broadcast on NBC. Indeed. Uh, live live long and prosper. A show that continues to influence uh, people. Even though you know, for reasons that you know, even though even though it's like you know, the the even though the sets were like all the same, and the uh, oh god, here's the same rocks again. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is that when you say that, I always think about uh, did you, do you remember uh, History of the World Part One? 
Yes, the, the, the rock and the oh, make that beautiful noise again. But. No, no, no. I, yes, but I wasn't even going to go there. What I was going to say was the uh, I always liked it when they are trying to fight off the Roman soldiers, mm-hmm. and they go into the theater department, mm-hmm. and they come out with shields and swords, mm-hmm. and as if you didn't realize you were carrying something. <laughs> Not made of uh, metallic or any type of heavy substance. Yeah. First swing, a sword goes in half. He goes, "Holy shit! I'm fighting with cardboard." <laughs> yes. Which I have to say, I have always thought as a metaphor for a lot of my days, where yeah. I'm braving against with... whoever and think that I have whatever it takes, and I go, "Holy shit!" Yeah. I'm fighting with cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, it just you know, it live long and prosper. I mean, it's still it's still chunking along, and we're gonna have a TV series again, and. Um, you know, um, maybe another movie, and even if that that movie does, there you know. will be another film. In fact, uh, to the point where they've had, um, they had, uh, oh hell, what was it? Uh, they announced that Thor is coming back mm. to play the George Kirk. Okay, George Kirk. And, uh, Hi, <laughs> I'm George Kirk. Well, <laughs> weird. Say, about George. Look, he only he was only alive for a little bit. You know, I mean, <laughs> what are you gonna do? But I mean, no, they had him in the. Um, Oh, what was it? Uh, George Kirk. He's the one that dies in the beginning. Okay. Yeah, and, <laughs> I, and, and in fact, that's a, in that version of it. I guess this is what they're calling the Kelvin, because he was on the Kelvin, the Kelvin ah. timeline, because that's when the guy went back and re. I'm such a fucking nerd right now. Yeah. That's when they went back in time. The Romulans did mm-hmm. and destroyed. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Vulcan. Yeah. And then that changed so they could basically have their cake and eat it, too, which is why we got a uh, going from a uh, Mexican gentleman playing a uh, Persian to uh, having a British white guy uh, Mm -hmm. playing a Persian. Yeah. It was a much, much far advanced. uh, Much ado about nothing. Nothing, yes. So so we end up with that. Uh, Probably there is some... I, I have a couple of things on on science, if you want to, like, get bored for a few moments. You call yourself a scientist. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, yeah. Well, apparently, uh, there's been, it's kind of weird. Um, over the summer, there was all this buzz, you know, it's like one of those things is all this buzz about aliens all of a sudden in not just, not, not <laughs> in this? the... Sh- not in the not in the aliens, you know, it's aliens in, as an ancient aliens, but that... Uh, the first one of the things was a um, the Russians announced that, that back in actually May of 2015 they found a very very strong signal that they could not originally explain. Said he was kind said he got kind of interested in it. Uh, the trouble was that first of all it was actually rather too strong for a a signal that was supposedly coming from a star from the, the specific star that they mentioned, and also it's. Um, as far as SETI protocol and SETI, you know, SETI's understanding of like um, how an alien civilization would attempt to communicate via radio, uh, they wouldn't just send out one message and then just like wait for wait for a reply. Uh, you know, they would be going hello, 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 kind of thing. So that the fact that it did not repeat kind of like got some people suspicious, and they have just just recently announced that they decided that this is actually oddly enough, it was actually a signal picked up. That was actually from a Russian military satellite, which is no great surprise that the Russian astronomers didn't know anything about the Russian military satellites. The Russians are almost, you know, congenitally 
uh, addicted to you know they're addicted to secrecy. They don't even tell each other their real names. Uh, uh, so that one seems to be going on. However, they're very excited that there is a star called uh, Proxima Centaurus or something like that, which is four light years away. It's a red dwarf, but they have found a Earth-size, Earth-like planet. That is circling around the this particular this particular point at the, what they call the habitable zone or the Goldilocks zone. Uh, the trouble with the red dwarf is that that Goldilocks zone is very very close to the star, and it's like the so the year of Proxima Centaurus B is actually eleven days, eleven Earth days. So they the probability that there is actually life on that is 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 fairly slim. Uh, first of all, because there would be what, what they call tidal locking. It's why we only see one side of the moon. We never see the dark side of the moon because it's just tidally locked towards us. Um, and this has probably happened. So the, that star is, has only one face. The planet's only one face of the star. It's a red dwarf. It doesn't really... It 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 mostly in the inter, infrared range. There isn't a lot of visible light coming from these these stars. Now, um, this is has some interesting. Um, it's one of those things that has some interesting um, links or sort of like implications, uh, as far as, for example, I mean the whole SETI thing and the whole where our place in the universe is and the, are we alone? Uh, as of right now, it, it's just us. Uh, and one of the things has always been that you know the Earth is not a particularly unusual planet and the Sun is not a particularly unusual star. And that's not entirely true. Uh, you know, an average star would actually be a red dwarf. Those are those are the most common stars in the universe. And you know, planets like ours aren't that common. Stars like Sol are not as common as as red dwarfs. Uh, they're more stable and they have more light, but they're not as common. So you know, there are some unusual aspects about the Earth, like the large moon, which we don't know seems to have had some impact on the creation of life. So. It, there's an interesting, you know, this has some interesting implications uh, about whether or not there is anybody else out there. Now, going from that, there is something that has been very weird for about a year now that they've been, uh, they call it Tabby Star. And this one is just, just particularly odd. Uh, it's um, the, the, the way they, this actually just showed up they were um, there was something called the Kepler telescope, uh, space telescope, which was designed to go look for planets. And the way they would look for planets is that a planet would transit in front of the star, and the light would drop for a little, a little bit, you know, like maybe one percent, maybe two percent, or something like that. And that would, uh, you know, indicate to the Kepler planet, Kepler, that you know there's a planet. You can get an idea of its size and its speed and its distance from all. There's a lot. A lot of very smart people working on this. What right. happened? What happened was sometime in later is that uh, other people they had like other they actually had a bunch of like civilians like look over the data see that we missed anything. You know, do we miss anything? So they have they what they found was this star which is now called Tabby Star. The actual name it's it's just like the actual. Star is name is actually KIC eight four six two eight five two, so I'm going to call it Tabby Star for the rest of this. Uh, and this star's light dropped like enormously, like something like ten to twenty percent in a 
in a in a you know in a relatively short time, and they don't have any idea what's causing this. Of course, everyone else is going, "It's aliens! It's aliens!" And the scientists are going, "It's just please, please, just don't, don't do that, because you're yelling in my ear." Uh, <laughs> kind of moment, but it's a the it has this has dimmed and dramat this has dimmed and brightened dramatically in over the last few years that they they have several years of data on this thing and then they went back to it they went back to other historical records and they found that this thing has you know this thing this thing's light has dimmed by about by about 20% over the past 100 years so um and they have no they, what they have no real explanation for how anything like that could happen. The only thing one of the one of the hypotheses is, is actually what is known as a Dyson sphere, is that a a advanced civilization could if you know could engineer basically a big old you know a big old sphere around the sun, that sun to capture all the light, and capture all the energy. So it's pot you know the it is it is probably not that. But this is the best thing. This is the most interesting uh, SETI clue we have had in the entire 50 years we've been looking for SETI. So Tabby's story is very, very unusual, and they don't really know what's going on yet. So they're still watching it. Wow. And with and with that, you know, are we alone? Or it could be now. I mean, it's it's something. It's a it's 1,500 light years away. So you know, as you know, they're not coming. So. <laughs> But it's very odd. It's very, very odd. They, they originally thought their best guess originally was that it was a swarm of comets that were causing the uh, dips in in the light, but you know which would account for the intermittent dips of light in over short term. But the fact that this thing has been declining as far as sun as the amount of output has been declining over a hundred years. Um, I mean, there's some con- controversy about whether or not that's actually accurate or not, but there always is. But this is just very, very odd. It's, it's it, there isn't a star like this in the in the galaxy that that we know of. So everyone's like watching this very closely. I mean, SETI's actually like started listening to it. They didn't hear anything, but you know, uh, they're probably. It's entirely possible that they're not actually you know yelling. You no know, people. The the problem with SETI's essential idea is that they're going to be listening for signals being beamed to us. And I mean, how many how many civilizations are going to go around doing that? So it could be that these guys are just basically sitting, you know, basically, well, we'll put a spear on the sun, then we'll have beach all what all the time. So you know, just you know, whatever. So <laughs> yes, yes, by aliens, by aliens, they're surfer dudes. What can I tell you? So anyway, that uh, that's that's that's. Uh, that's happened? To, I thought there was some planet that was like circling us from a different. There is you know, like out of orbit from or going the opposite orbit or it's oh, not there is, like the old one something out of uh, H.P. Lovecraft. It was uh, actually Planet there, X something. There is Planet X. There's actually those are two things. One is I, I don't remember the name of it, but it's a it's a dwarf planet, kind of like kind of like Pluto, and but it seems to be circling like its its orbit is like if you think about imagine all those illustrations of showing the plane of the planets. This one is kind of orbiting at an extreme angle to that. And it's indicative of a collision or gravitational disruption of it. It's not that it's not that big, and it's very far away. So it's not you know, Planet X is very they're very interested in Planet X because they think this there seems to be 
good evidence that there's something very big way out there. I mean, just almost at the at the you know at the fringe at the fringes of actually what the sun's solar system could you know the sun's gravitational effect would be. But it's something big because it's uh, you know it's perturbing other 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 you know other other dwarf planets and other things like that but they have not has as of yet and of course they're looking for it has of yet found any you know concrete proof or any actually um indication of you know eight of it you know it's planet x uh, of course the guys who are uh, uh who basically are going it's aliens are calling it nabu after the guy who basically said that the mesopotamian gods were aliens who made us because they wanted to mine gold gotcha don't ask me how i know that uh, anyway, well, I think that it's clear that you have come from Planet X. And you're here to inform us <laughs> yes, that yes. our we have not paid our rent, <laughs> and it's evicted. time to you're evicted. Yeah, all your stuff will be actually out on the uh, your stuff. Your stuff will be, be be put out on the asteroid belt. You know, just go get it. So, though it's interesting that this, you know, what, um, you know, there's there's actually oddly enough, there's actually a city protocol for what happens if they actually do find a real signal. Uh, because, you know, I mean, let me put it this way, the shit will hit the fan. I mean, that this, right. is, this will... This will That's and not happening with the uh, amount of heat that is heating up the planet. Yes, that, which is funny. Tier 8, one every 500-year events happen yeah. here alone. Yeah. yeah, no, this is like, yeah, well, this is... Well, that's just, that's another, that's another, like, that's another, that's another disaster story. Uh, and... But it is interesting that, you know, it is interesting that this summer there was, like, all of these, like, weird little stories indicating possibilities of extraterrestrial life. Uh, it One of the things that, one of the protocols was basically, actually, there was, back in the Flying Saucer era, uh, there was a lot of discussion about how to, you know, if these actually turn out to be aliens, what do we do and how do we inform the public and it was the idea was basically gradually get them used to the idea and then spring it on them so if you want to get paranoid you know these are these stories that are coming up uh are basically simply paving the ground for understanding that actually we are already under the thrall of the lizard people so let's move on now uh You don't want to give away your cover any further. No, I don't want to give away my cover any further. Nanu, nanu. But it was just, <laughs> just. Anyway, we wish to say go- I wish to say a very fond goodbye to. Stench. Um, to uh, a very very fine actor who was just a you know just a funny funny man, and just you know just from. Gene Wilder, just thank you for just being being you and just being just. That wonderful ability to be, you know, both hysterical and deadpan at the same time, which is very hard to do. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, not only that, but also to be convincing as both being meek and as threatening. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, because it just I well my 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 I still my favorite always will be the scene in Young Frankenstein where where the guy keeps going going Frankenstein and he finally loses it you know yes i have enough i am not interested in death my only interest is in life and then he just looks and realizes he stabbed himself in the thigh yes with yes. a scalpel oh the scalpel that's right yes and there's this this is there's this wonderful he 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 picks he takes his hand off the scalpel uh, takes his hand off the scalpel looks at it yes. and then and then puts it back on and then grabs it back on again, and he's like, oh, dear. 
Um, so, class dismissed. <laughs> class dismissed. dismissed. I like that he said that he almost uses it as if it was a, as if it was planned for emphasis. Yes. Now, what I always liked was when he looks at uh, Igor, and he goes, and it's right after, you know, the monster has been put out by a sedative, mm-hmm. and he says to him, he goes, uh, Igor, come, come sit here. No, 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 not on the ground, up here, next to me. Now tell me, whose brain did I put inside the creature? And you won't get it. I will not get angry. It's just that kind of slow build and that kind of menace undertone. 600 pound gorilla! (laughs) Starts strangling him. I just like that he starts, he cuts him off with, he goes, and you won't get, I will not... Something about uh, you know what, but he—it's kind of what made him great as both uh, as Willy Wonka. Also, is that there is mm-hmm. a, you know there is a, such a sweet, gentle nature to him, mm-hmm. and yet there is always a sense of—I don't know—there's uh, a little bit of menace in there. Madness. I think that's better than yeah. darkness. Madness. Right. Well, I mean, he uh, in there's that scene in the beginning of Willy Wonka where he's coming limping out, and then all of a sudden does the somersault, and ta-da! You know, where you first meet him. Yes, and, yeah, exactly. And that was, and they he said, you know, and the, he, there was I saw like a, a small interview, and he said, well, why would you do that? He says because after that you can never trust a single thing he says. Exactly. Yeah, and in fact, I think he told them that he wouldn't do it unless they let him put that in. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, though I though I though I occasionally will actually quote him from Willy Wonka. Is that, no, stop, don't. <laughs> when someone's about to do something really stupid. <laughs> well, you know what though? Yeah, here's the thing, Gene Wilder. I was put in a class kind of like because you know I, I was born in '76, but grew up you know primarily as a child and you know maybe mm-hmm. tail end of the '70s, but primarily in the '80s. So, you know, it was still on that kind of fringe, but I, I grew up in a family where we were fed a very good diet of, you know, Looney Tunes and Mel Brooks and, um, you know, mm-hmm. Zazz, Zucker Abrams, Zucker films, and, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of zany, but, you know, kind of sweet nature comedy. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. making fun, but making fun of kind of the uh, ridiculousness of an, uh, of us all. You know, the more specific it gets, the more generalized it is, and you realize yeah. it's just kind of silly. But I was going to say, I also grew up with the sitcoms like Three's Company and the like, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Gene Wilder and John Ritter had that for me. And I think both are two that really touched my heart when they passed because I, I, I always admired them because they could both go a little over the, you know, like kind of zany over the top. But there was a, mm-hmm. there was a sweetness, a caringness mm-hmm. I just always admired yeah. and wanted to, I felt at ease when I saw mm-hmm. them on screen. It, it was like comfort, yeah. comfort food, or just yes, it yeah, was a, a comforting blanket. Yeah, and it was also he could he could actually be you know like ve- actually as a crazy and vulnerable at the same almost at the same time. Well, sure, I mean, producers uh, love when he showcases that that you know yin and yang to mm-hmm. wild diametrically opposed of him being yeah. like uh, uh you know so meek and mild, and then being so frantically over the top. <laughs> Yes, and then you know, of course, and and Leo, you know, and as when he's playing Leo Bloom and the producers, you know, it's like <laughs> when he just freaks out when I'm not gonna, you know, when you he, big fat fatty fat fat fat. 
I'm sorry I called you a big fat <laughs> Yeah, And he's sitting there holding his little blankie. He's just yeah. holding it against his cheek. Give me my blue blankie. Yeah, when he had the blue blankie, and of course this is like, how do they find me? They keep coming. They, keep, they, all, find, they all find me. Anyway, Gene, thank you very, very much. Uh, we, you had, um, you know, it's, you had, you gave a lot, and uh, we did appreciate it. So, anyway. Uh, Easy to look around and you paradise. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, as somebody who was like being, this, you know, somebody who's being sort of like, you know, you know the, the standard, you know, mo, you know, the, the you know, guess whatever, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's with Gilda at last, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, they're both gone. Uh, I'm not, I am not someone who's extremely, I am not, ex- I'm not someone who basically thinks that there's anything after this. So, uh, you know, that's, I, I, I do occasionally find that a little bit, eh. <laughs> It's a little bit more maudlin than I'm prepared to, to deal with. Uh, right. But still, it, it would be nice if it was true. Let me put it that way. Anyway, speaking of things that, that weren't, wouldn't be nice if they were true, I think we've, we're, we're coming to the end here, and I've, I've got enough, just enough time to um, basically uh, d- destroy your... Um... Okay, it's uh, time for the bad movie. <laughs> so, I'll bad put movie. in that... <laughs> Um, the bad movie is actually the 1966, the Queen of Blood, uh, and an alien species. And it, this is um, in keeping with the whole SETI thing. And an alien species makes contact with the Earth through radio transmission, notifying of an infinite, intimate, uh, a pretty soon coming visit. <laughs> the alien ship crash lands on Mars, and a rescue team is sent. However, the the aliens are not who they say they are. Uh, they actually, never are. They never are. And then, and then they have. Um, and this is actually this is interesting. It sh- it stars a very very young John Saxon, a very very young Dennis Hopper, and a very very old Basil Rathbone. Uh, oh, the three greats. The three greats. Well, not the three greats, but certainly. Um, yeah, I know. I know. I'm being facetious. <laughs> But I it's think, been you know, a little while for you with me, has it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Basil, you know, Basil. Humor's a little dry, which, by the way, I was I was going to clarify when I said Gene Wilder made us see paradise. I didn't. I wasn't trying to say uh, anything spiritual there, other than the words from pure imagination. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. if you look around you, you can see the beauty that yes, it's all around you by your choice. And I think that what he presented in his performances enlivened some of that beauty and made yeah. you see things around mm-hmm. us that you might not have either seen or appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. All right. But no, 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 don't worry about it. So, uh, I, the thing is, is I was, I was watching this and for, I was going, you know, it's a Roger Corman produced film and yeah, you, you, well, that doesn't sound like the Roger Corman I know. Yeah. It's you're, you're, you're expecting, you know, it's, um, you're sort of expecting all sorts of uh, garbage. Yeah, and but but the special effects are actually marvelous to look at. It's very pretty. And then I I, t- I did a little searching and I found out what they did is Roger Corman had bought the uh, 
the rights to a couple of Russian, couple three Russian science fiction films that had huge budgets. Oh, yeah. So he just used the pictures on that. Now what? It, just actually, well, he would notoriously use the same music and shots and action stunts and special effects. I mean, uh, recycle yeah. them in his own film. So yeah, and this is like he he did this. Uh, I think he used these. These are the shots he also used in uh, Voyage to a Prehistoric Planet and Women of the Prehistoric Planet. All of which were filmed. I think it looked like on the same day. Uh, all right. of which had Basil. So most of had most of them, a couple of them had Basil Rathbone in them as well. Who's well, basically? I bet you what he did was I bet he had a contract with him for a couple of days and then yeah. just put him up. In fact, because he did that with Karloff on Targets, but also the other thing that he would do was it was some film called like Tidal Wave mm-hmm. or what he retitled it. Yeah, and it was some Japanese disaster film right mm-hmm. and what he had done was he shot i think one day of lauren green mm-hmm. in a office as a u.n worker right and, and just cut between whatever monologues you know poorly written they had for him <laughs> yes and disaster scenes all around him mm-hmm. yeah it was a film that was uh yeah it was a film that russian that incorporated the russian uh russian film uh, film footage, which is why you can actually see on several times the American rocket ship has the Cyrillic letters CCCP on side, which is the uh, USSR. But it's a uh, it's now the thing is actually because obviously Roger Corman said, well, we're not going to waste this special effects footage. Uh, the story takes a hell of a long time to get going. Uh, you have all sorts of like very pretty shots, but nothing happening. You know. Uh, Eventually, what happens is John Saxon uh, is the very cool uh, head of the. Um, he's he's one of the astronauts, and they're going out to go. The the aliens are going to come to us, but the aliens crash land on Mars. Because okay. because. Well, why not? <laughs> because well, because as 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 I've seen other other things, because movie because. Uh, right. is, because the writer <laughs> needed that to happen. Yeah. Well, there also, also the honestly, I think to be honest, I think also this, the the, the Russian special, films took place the, on Mars. The Russian films took place on Mars. I was waiting for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take you know. There's John Saxon actually says I'll take you dancing on Mars because the woman is go female lead is going er- first, and it's just well, there's it's, a bunch of hoo ha, and they find the they finally get to. They finally, they finally get face to face with the alien queen, and it turns out the alien queen's a vampire. Ooh. What the what? Yep, the alien queen will. Is this like Planet of the Vampires? Uh, it's 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 similar to Planet of the Vampires, but it's actually even dumber. Although actually, uh, the uh, Floris uh, Marley, who plays the alien queen, does a pretty good job without saying a word. She's also painted green. Which is sort well, what of, distinguishes them as vampires as opposed to just aliens that enjoy human blood? Um, I guess probably I don't think there really is much of a difference. <laughs> well, but the you, reason I'm saying that is I was just reading uh, Space Vampires, the mm-hmm. novel. Okay, that was the uh, the uh, basis for the film, or the film adaptation was called Life Force. Uh-huh. The, uh huh. Toby Hooper bomb mm-hmm. that now you look at it and it, it looks gorgeous. I mean, it was, a lot of money was spent in that day mm-hmm. and it's just kind of jaw-dropping for what they allowed him to actually get away with. Right. Yeah, so, but it's, um, you know, they, they, I mean, it's, you know, it, once again, we are, we are a team of dedicated scientists who are actually all not very bright. Um, as well, because I mean, this this woman basically, 
let me put it this way: the the she's she come they they find her on the on the crash ship, alien like, you know, as in aliens, and they bring her onto their ship, and she's like, you know, doesn't say a word, and she's and she's just looks very strange and all that other stuff, and they give her water, and she's not really happy with the water and everything like that, and Dennis Hopper is is obviously in some weird way smitten with this this alien queen, so he decides he's going to like, well, you guys go to sleep. And I'll, you know, I'll deal with I'll deal with her. So I'll deal with the diplomacy. I'll deal with the diplomacy. So she's like trying to do things, and they wake up the next day, and Dennis Hopper is dead, or actually his name is Paul, and so they because John Saxon says Paul is dead. And I went miss him, miss him as I'm watching, <laughs> as I'm watching. You gotta play the record backwards <laughs> to get that. So well, here's my question. The reason I was bringing up the the Life Force one is that they retitled it Life Force. Also, because space vampires probably wouldn't be a huge seller. It, that's Maybe a little you. cheesy. That's a little right, cheesy. Right? Yeah, title. yeah. I mean, not that life force isn't kind of generically cheesy, but essentially these vampires sucked out the essence. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of they were vampires, but not in the they were, they were sucking traditional sense. They were sucking the life force out of you rather than the actual blood. Now this right. this this girl this girl eat this girl drinks blood. She was basically huh. she'd get a lip lock on your wrist, apparently, and just sort of like use your arm as a big old straw, uh, because they they that come seems <laughs> practical. That does seem practical. So they come across her and they go, you know, they see her and she's asleep because she's gorged with and a little trickle of blood going down there and she's gorged with human blood. Now instead of like basically taking her rock and killing her the instant they <laughs> as one is apt to do when on Mars surrounded by. Hot vampire space babes. There's only one. There's only one vampire space babe. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I must be. My mind just seems so preposterous. You're 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 channeling your dreams again. Uh, That's right. So you know me so well. So he just. So you know, they say, "Well, let's tie her up." I said, "Why don't we put her in an airlock somewhere?" You know, like, "No, let's tie her up." And it turns out, of course, like alien. Yeah. So, so like, this is like, and then Basil Rathbone is like, which, by the way, you know that you know that uh, Planet of the Vampires uh, highly influenced Dan O'Bannon with Alien. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was also that, and it was also it. The Terror from Beyond Space was another one that would probably influence because that's one. That's one that goes. There's a monster that goes rampaging through the. through the ship, you know. Right. Well, you were just saying uh, they, they blow them out of the airlock. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. But by the way, on the planet, are they able to breathe? Or no, no, no. Mars is not. Not Mars is not. They're they're inside. Well, I you know, know in real life it's not. I didn't no, no. Know. I mean, in in the, in the movie they're not. In move, the oh. movie Mars is not habitable. I thought yes. you were just informing me that in real life Mars no, is no, also. No. no, no. I'm pedantic, but I'm not that that pedantic. But uh-huh. so they, um, you know, it's. Uh, there's all sorts of like weird little subplots. Is we don't have enough fuel. Why don't we have enough fuel? You had a t- years to plan this mission. You really, you know, like enough fuel. You know, redundancy in fuel is kind of like maybe the first thing that they think about. <laughs> so, um, but meantime, meantime they discover the alien. It's an alien life form, and Basil Rathbone is basically having a nerdgasm on Earth, uh, saying that you must be kept alive. It's very important the specimen and everything like that. And they're kind of going, you know. She just drained the blood out of one of the crewmen. I mean, this is like, you know, like, are you really sure that this is a good idea? So they tie her up with ropes, and it turns out, because movie, uh, she can hypnotize, she can, her eyes can cause, you know, can concentrate flames on, on her arms, so she breaks out, 
and she has hit like her eyes can be like Dracula hypnosis kind of thing. So um, John John Saxon is kind of like falling under the influence. Just then, the female lead hears a noise and you know goes after her and scratches her. And it turns out that one of the things about the the alien the alien queen is that it's kind of like hemophiliac. They don't have their blood is green. I don't know why our blood would be of any use to them whatsoever, but uh, as a food. But I still don't understand science, my friend. Because movie uh, <laughs> science. <laughs> but, <laughs> I like that somehow. Like I just pipe in with, "Look, mom, you don't <laughs> understand the intricacies of what's happening here." <laughs> and very, so, very complex, and it can't be explained to a layman like you. So. So she goes running screams when she realizes she's been cut by the uh, by the uh, by female lead. She goes green blood starts coming out. She screams, runs away, and they kind of like go look for her, and they find out she's dead because she's bled to death. But it's like maybe she bled to death, but there's like you know maybe like a, a, a beaker full of green. Uh, probably they couldn't afford a lot of green blood, so they just use a lot. So there's not a lot of green blood around her. You know, like somebody bleeding to death is like there's a lot of there's a lot of blood in a human being. Bleeding to death is like takes a little while. So you would think there would be a lot of green, but it's only a little green. But what turns out is the downbeat ending. It turns out that if it bleeds we can kill it. Yeah, if it bleeds we can kill it. If it bleeds we can kill it. Which reminds me, they just cast Benicio del Toro in the new Predator film. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it'll be more of like kill it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be a lot of fumbling. Kill it. That's much better than me. Yeah. So the um the the last ending is that it turns out that she's actually when in addition to sucking the blood out of um out of out of both um, out of what's his face again? Like oh god, like my um, as you know after you know after sucking the blood out of Dennis Hopper and some of the blood out of John, John Saxon, not a lot. She also went about she get you know uh, some sort of venereal disease or drunk or high off of no no no. She actually blood. she she laid a whole bunch of eggs in the ship. These little oh, okay, but not not like. Uh, Chicken eggs, actual like uh, Mars eggs. Mars eggs. Well, they were about the size of a chicken, and Mars they were vampire eggs. Yeah, Martian vampire eggs or alien vampire eggs, and they're glowing and they're they're you know in, in you know, you know they're they're sort of like pulsing the way alien eggs do. Sunny side uh, down. Sunny side down, and uh, so, uh, and Basil, you know, they they land Basil Rathbone, you know, in, in violation, obviously, of any frickin' protocol that ever lived in the world. The minute they, the minute they have touched down on Earth, the door opens and Basil runs in <laughs> to get the <laughs> to get the eggs of the alien. You know, like, dude, <laughs> thank you. You have just released the you've just released the plague onto the Earth. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you, old fucker. <laughs> thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed your life because it's going to end soon. Well, not uh, like that. You've lived your life, you, you fucking selfish old prick. Heck, yeah, you know. Why so, you gotta shorten it for the rest of us? Yeah. So they grab the body and they take it out. And the last thing is, you know, the the Saxon and the female lead are going. I don't know. We should trust these. What to do? I mean, well, you can trust them. They're scientists, and of course, you know, like. The same same sort of scientists that invented the hydrogen bomb? I don't think so. So the last the last thing is this sinister little cut to a guy carrying a tray of these eggs that are glowing and pulsing and you know, the end. Fortunately they didn't put the question mark on. It's it's a beautifully sh- I mean, it's 
Uh, it's actually kind of worth looking at because of the, of the stock footage that they took for the Russians because it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. But the story just takes forever to get going, and then it just kind of goes, bleh. <laughs> it really is. Huh. Yeah, it, it, it's, it takes forever for it to get going, and then when, you know, once... And then take, once it does, it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. I mean, you know, what, you know <laughs> yeah, I mean, you want a vamp, you know, you want, you know, let me put it this way. You know, if you want the queen of, you know, if you want the thing to be queen of blood, you know, you want her to drain more than one person in the course of the film, even if you have a low budget, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, oh, we can, we can only have her kill one person. I mean, because, you know, we'd have to hire the other extras to be killed. And it's like, that's just, you know, we spent all this money on this, on the, uh, you know, on the stock footage. We can't, we can't have people in. <laughs> By the way, I do have something that does relate not directly to the bad movie, but good, right. a good news update for you. All right. The animator that co-directed uh, Sausage Party oh, okay. has been uh, hired to direct the remake of The Toxic Avenger. Ah. Not not directly influenced, but just so you know, I think that might be a, a good bad movie to watch sometime. Yeah, might, Toxic might be, yeah, might be a good one. We should watch Toxie 1, Toxie 2... Uh, the Last Temptation of Toxie. <laughs> Toxie the Musical. I think there was Toxie 4, Citizen Toxie. Yes, I think. Well, I might do that after I do, um, actually, the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes trilogy. Uh, well, 2 is one. actually pretty good. Yeah, okay. That is a George Clooney classic. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so this is really kind of like, it's it's cute. it's only an hour. It's it's interesting. It's only like an hour and ten minutes or something like that. It just seems longer. Uh, because it just because so much doesn't happen. <laughs> which, you know. which by the way, uh, I, I I think that these are but this is the kind of film that I think falls under the category of hilarious title and premise and probably a great trailer. Right. But you know, actually having to slog through it is is it's a slog. I mean, I mean, and and a lot of a lot of Corman's films, even the ones he didn't direct, are slogs. They just there isn't there. I just, I mean, the, the the ones that had energy was like the ones like Death Race 2000 was directed by what's his face whose name eludes me at the moment. Oh, uh, Paul Bartel. Yeah, but that was just, you know, that was just go 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 go. Know that I didn't have to look that up because it was so quick. Yes, yes. But that I know just, Paul Bartel. Yeah, that was just go 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 go. I mean, that was the one. That's I mean, true. It's, Although, which by the way, let me say, uh, I just want to say for the record, Return of the Killer Tomatoes actually is fucking hilarious. Okay. That, that no no no, I mean intentionally like uh, uh, yes it's, it's actually pretty funny and even just making fun of uh oh what is it uh, uh tropes of yes. just especially 80s films and yes. you know having uh shit what am i thinking of bob things that they put in movies that people pay them for um <laughs> i forgot anyways at one point in the middle of the movie they stopped the film and you know like they never mind you'll product see. placement Product placement. There you go. Which, back to the fucking vampires. I just mean, a lot of these films, I think you're doing the country a service because you're sitting through what others don't have to. Yeah, because, I mean, this, I wouldn't recommend watching this. You're an American hero. (laughs) I would not recommend watching this. This is not, you know, this is, yeah. I mean, it's pretty. It was pretty. I I enjoyed the, the pretty, but, like, the rest of it was just, like, you know, and, you know, I mean, John Saxon doesn't really. He's he's plays very cool, but you know this was not a film where he needed to be cool. He did a film and be going, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, but that's never been his real forte. Although I was thinking about it before you mentioned this one, I always think he was in three great, not great. Let me rephrase, 
three noted, <laughs> some are great, but three noted genre films of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all cult genres, but all very separate uh, with uh, Enter the Dragon, Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. and uh, Beyond uh, Battle Beyond the Stars. Yes. Yes. Oh, by the way, there was one little thing that I forgot to mention. There was like when the, once they realized that the alien eats blood. There were space Frankenstein's and space werewolves. <laughs> no, no, actually, they kind of went well. And and Basil Rathbone says, "No, you must keep her. You must keep her alive." And it says, "Well, you know, like she's going to eat us." Well, there's plasma on the <laughs> plasma on the, on the <laughs> ship. So they're like, okay, so like they're like feet. Okay, you know, they have her. T- you know, like, here's here's some plasma. <laughs> They don't even say blood. They just say plasma. Yeah, there's some plasma. Plasma and plasma is, if memory serves, is not exactly whole blood, right? It's no, just, no, no, no. That's, that's separated out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I, like, like if you're giving plasma, you know, like if you're trying to make an extra, you know, a, a, a quick fifty. Yeah. Well, they, they take out like five pints of blood or four pints, and then they, you know, they put it through the machine. Like, I mean, it's coming out like your you have veins in each arm. Right. So it's cycling through one, right? Mm-hmm. They take out the plasma and then putting the old blood back in, right? Because it can remake the plasma, right? Yeah, I think. Not okay. that I've ever done that. I'm no bum. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I yes. never had to buy you know rice aroni in college doing <laughs> selling plasma. Yeah. <laughs> I like that the yeah. story gets more and more specific. Yes, it's like so. I mean, but there was like the moment there here. It's better here. than that time at the truck stop. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, and then, and then of course they're like, there, there's the, the, the dramaticus. We're running out of plasma, you know, like tire the, you know. And they didn't. And the thing is, they didn't. Once he, once the first time he, they killed him, they've killed Dennis Hopper. They don't imprison her. She's just wandering around. They figure as long as she's fed, well, she's not going to bother us. Going to imprison a space Martian vampire, <laughs> buxom, you know. <laughs> yeah. Woman visage thing on on the on the ship. Well, they they decide finally to go. Well, we'll just tie her up and it says you know like okay finally. And then of course it turns out you know because movie she has you know X ray eyes or heat vision. So anyway, that's common with most vampire Martians. Yeah, yeah most most of the ones I've met have been like. I wonder. Yeah. I'm sure, I, they had to have done some. I'm sure Marv Wolfman or someone. Uh, no, that'd be Marvel. Yeah. But I'm sure someone had to have done Martian Manhunter somehow turning into a creature of the night at some point. I'm sure that they did, you know. So, but it's just just silly. It's just it's just silly, and it's just not you know it's not very it's it's dull. I mean that's the whole thing. It's really really dull. Um. Uh, you know, John. You know, they just you know they they did it very quickly. You know, everyone was there to obviously. You know, I'm, I'm in it for the bucks. I mean, everybody was in it for the bucks. You could tell. It's just really, um, you know, that was that was what was going on there. So, anyway, it's not it's not a film to go. I mean, it's just you know, unless you absolutely need to see everything Basil Rathbone ever made, uh, it's 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 not a uh, it's it's not a uh, it's not a you, film to see. You're not saying to rush out. No, no, this would not be like, for example, uh, you know. Samurai Cop, which everyone should see because it's so it's so ludicrously crazy, but this one is just dull. And as a you know, so anyway, which that reminds me, uh, the speaking of Toxic Avenger, that means mm-hmm. that some, we have to watch uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man. Oh, uh, my TV. I'm Kabuki Man. What? Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, or you've got uh, Surf Nazis Must Die. Classic Surf Nazis Must Die. Yes, yes. 
Well, I mean, there's also Surf Ninjas, but I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to like risk well, my health. Well, that's a bad film, but that is a genuinely just it, awful. Yeah, it's, 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 I've, I've seen people run screaming from the various, uh, very thought of, um, so, yeah. um, <laughs> screaming for the very thought of actually having to watch that. So, anyway, uh, Anyway, so uh, that we come to the end of our little uh, little thing here. Um, I just want to like um, say wow, we're, we're getting a little rusty here. Yeah, we're getting a little rusty, <laughs> but that's all right. You know, um, it's been a while, but so anyway, we're gonna try to get this a little bit more regular season. Regular, yes, regular so we gotta we gotta make sure we can get the enemy below also, so he can yes. he can uh, 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 ping pong back and forth with us as well. Yeah, keep actually keep us from wandering off into topics like, yeah, what would it, what, what, I, why, why would you know, why would, why would an alien actually use blood as a food source, you know, unless they had actually the similar DNA to us? Sorry, I'll just stop right there. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I think that is a that that is a question worth asking. Yeah, yeah, not not of a Roger Corman film, uh, <laughs> nor to anyone that uh, 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 that that actually cares. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, and with that, uh, this is Bob Muir saying peace, love, shown a knife. This is Mr. The Bandit saying toodaloo.
if I know to compare with pure imagination, living there you'll be free. If you truly wish to be Living there, you'll be free. 